Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And as we come on the air, Biden holds a lead nationally, a lead in Nevada, a lead in Arizona. He is on the one yard line. And it appears to me, the headline as far as I'm concerned, is once again, black people, specifically black women, have saved America, Detroit, Milwaukee, big cities coming through to deliver Joe Biden. You know, I just what I want is that when all of this is said and done, I want the fucking headlines to say black America once again saves America from itself. Well, you know, I, you know it they, won't. They, Neither they have already started the bullshit narrative of, you know, why didn't black people show up as no. much in Philadelphia it, as we thought? Neither media nor the Democratic Party will walk away from this going, wow, like black people made a huge decision. Black people were critical to this. We need to focus on them as media. We need to focus on them as a party. No, none of that will happen. Um, but I mean, uh, to see Michigan and Wisconsin mm -hmm. come through, which were absolutely critical for Joe Biden, big, huge flips from 2016. Um, when we pot, when we pour through the wreckage and the data of what happened, black people now, uh, yeah, black people will have gotten it done. Now that said, the other big headline for me is like. Wow, the amount of racism and acceptance of Trump's racism in this country is insane and massive and frightening. Um, I, I didn't think that the years of incompetence, the years of lying, the years of failing, the, the, the coronavirus, the racism, I, I didn't think you would see 67, 68 million people line up and say, yeah, we could do four more years of that. I mean, I'm exhausted from the chaos. And there's 68 million plus people who are like, 
no, no, I got four more years of this in me. No, you know what it is, is that I think that collectively, and, and somebody somebody said this, so I, I won't even, I'm not even going to claim it as mine, but I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to reiterate it, is that as black people, I think that it is incredibly hard for us to believe that like you could have all of the information, have all of the facts, but the degradation of people is like where 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 you're going, where where your values lie. I think that for us as black people, we're just like children in cages. Oh, our ancestors were there. Um, you know, broken up families. Oh, that happened to us. Um, you know, like the 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 name calling, the hatred. Like we all know where that is where that is headed, and so it's. It's confusing, and I think that it's really hard for us to process as good people that seventy, close to 70 million Americans are just innately, inherently, um, celebratorily racist. Yeah. Like, they are, they're, they're not just, and it's not even like, you know, the, everybody wants to say like, oh, well, people lie to the polls. And I said, yes, people do lie to the polls because it is still not outwardly socially acceptable to be a rabid racist. Right. Yeah. But the fact is, is that you have the 38 percent of Trump supporters that are the ones that we see at the rallies with the hats and 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 circling Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah. And, you know, that are absolutely cra- running people off the road. Yeah. But then there's the 12 percent. That well, are the ones that 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 are shaking your hands, that are waving to me as I'm walking, and that are going in the voting booth and I, and voting against I'm, my I'm, life. I'm not sure that we're seeing a significant number of secret Trump voters. I tend to find that they are very loud and proud about their bullshit. Um, but you do lead into what perhaps might be the third biggest headline out of this week is that. Um, at, at some level, American polling is dead. I mean, like, I, for one, was like, oh, we've seen consistent numbers out of A-plus pollsters for six-plus months. The race is incredibly stable. We are not looking at an eight- to ten-point Biden victory. We are currently looking at a two, maybe three-point Biden victory, which correlates with where I think the country is. It's a very divided country, but... Polling told us over and over that Biden is winning by a significant margin. And there is something fundamentally wrong. I don't think that there's that that people are lying to pollsters. I think that the way American pollsters are gauging what's going on in the country is fundamentally broken in that they missed it again. And the miss here is far bigger than 2016 because Hillary did win by like two, two and a half nationally and the polls said she would win by 3%. Okay, that's not a big miss. This was Biden is up by eight to 10. USC, the most accurate pollster in 2016, had Biden up by 11. And Biden is winning the popular vote by two to three points. Y'all have some serious explaining to do. 
I mean, I think that it's a combination of things. One, I have been consistent in saying that polls are bullshit. I said it before 2016. I've said it since 2016. It is like reading the tea leaves. You can get polls to say whatever it is that you want, depending on how you ask the question. And that is just, that is facts. That's one. Two, we continue to do polling in the same way um, that you would imagine us to have like a national vote, right? Where it's one person, one vote, and outside of the electoral college. That's not how, like, so we're polling as if we live in a real democracy, but that's not how our system works. And so also that's problematic. So if you were to look at the fact that we're saying these are national polls, but we don't have that type of election. Everybody has their own bucket, electoral college here, electoral college there, electors here, um, there and everywhere. I just, what I would like is for that whole industry to be dead and over Um, And for us to stop relying on it and actually just, you know, do your town halls, talk to the people, um, get get the sentiment of 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 crowd size of how people are showing up. But the polls give me it's they're they're crap. They're crap. What when next time in 2024, when Biden is running against Alex Jones um, or Ivanka Trump? Or some other maniac. Or Stephen Miller. Or Steve is some other maniac because the GOP will continue to be off the rails and throwing up complete maniacs. Um, I think about the way that that uh, the second Bush made Reagan look good and Trump made the second Bush, Bush look good. Yep. The next one will make Trump like, oh, well, Trump wasn't so bad compared to this maniac. Um, but when they start saying like yeah the race is here i'm gonna be like fuck you you i mean like i need the polling industry to have a mea culpa a deep uh explanation of why they got this so wrong why so many people and it's it's not that people are afraid are secretly telling pollsters that they're not with trump that they're secretly telling pollsters that they're with biden when they're not it's not like, you know, there's too many polls that were too consistent. I mean, the industry was consistent in that Biden is winning by eight to 10 points. And the fact is over here. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I need something different from that entire industry because you guys are not properly serving America. And the thing is that Mm-mm. people are making people are making decisions based on this. Mitch McConnell decided we're not going to give you a second stimulus bill because we think Trump's about to go down in flames and we don't want to help Joe Biden. If he thought this thing is really close, perhaps a second stimulus bill, I, I don't think it would have made the difference, but perhaps he would have said, let's let's give Trump something so he can go into the final day saying, look what we just did for you. Um, but I do. I don't think that I don't think that Mitch McConnell was making decisions based on the polls. Mitch McConnell is making decisions based on Mitch McConnell and what well, he chooses no, it, to do it, and what he doesn't and 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 what he chooses not to do. No, but I think um, he clearly understood that if we do a second stimulus bill, that will be of great benefit to Joe Biden's first hundred days. And Joe Biden is crushing this motherfucker. And I don't want to do anything that would help this Democrat look or or, or seem. Uh, you know, this is part of what we're headed toward, right? Because we thought there was going to be a blue wave. We thought that we were going to take the Senate and the White House. It looks like we're going to take the White House, but we're, I mean, unless a miracle happens, we're not taking the Senate. And we are headed for 
uh, four more years of obstruction. Mitch McConnell's whole thing is to make it appear, this is what he did to Obama, and make it appear as if the person in the White House cannot accomplish anything. Say no to everything, including we want to rename a post office. Like, no. Like, you know, we want to change Social Security. No. Like, whatever you, no. So that when election time comes, they can say, look, the uh, the person in the White House can't accomplish anything. We need to have somebody new. And honestly, I don't think that they're going to be able to get it. I, I, I am as much as a bastard that I think that Mitch McConnell is. And I really, you know, their reason why I don't go to Kentucky, uh, you know, outside of the bourbon. I don't know what those people are thinking KFC, uh, by giving him 58 percent of the vote. But um you know, the reality is, is that we are in such dire straits. The American people are are hip to his game, right? They're hip to the fact that every other country managed to give their people during a pandemic thousands of dollars a month, not $1,200 to last them four months, but, but thousands of dollars a month to ensure that people were going to be able to continue to put food on the table. Mitch McConnell, given the big FU to the American people as the numbers of, of people that are jobless continue to rise, as corporations lay people off, like he's not going to be able to just sit there and twiddle his thumbs and say like, oh, I'm going to make Joe Biden a one-term president or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z when the country is in the shitter he and he will. helped it get there. Of course he will. Of course he will. That's what he did for eight years with obama of course he will uh, he can fight and stop and slow down things and say you know we need something different we need more like no of course he will he he refuses to give the president anything that he can look point to as saying look we achieved this for the american people he wants it to see he wants dc to seem to have ground to halt to be ineffectual, to be a, a fist fight, to be a mess, so that people are saying, oh, nothing is getting done over there. And even in that environment of, oh, they're horrible, nothing is getting done, throw the bums out, Democrats will be depressed by that message. Republicans will still show up for that message because they send their people to D.C. to be principled, Democrats send their people to D.C. to get stuff done, which means compromise. We accept a certain amount of compromise. Republicans don't want to see compromise. They would rather see legislative war rather than getting stuff done. So Biden would be damaged and vulnerable to that climate. No, McConnell's not going to allow anything to get done. We thought it. We thought we thought that it was he did that to Obama because of racism. No, no. This is the modern Republican uh, legislative strategy. And if Obstruct. you're gonna, if if Democrats are going to sit back, right, and work from a defensive posture after all that we have been through, and they don't decide to sue Mitch McConnell for all of the wrongdoing that he's been doing, investigate Mitch McConnell. Why Mitch McConnell has been taking money from the Russians. Mitch McConnell's been doing a lot of shady shit. They could have taken him into court for the holdup of Merrick Garland, and they didn't do that. And I've talked to multiple attorneys about, they're like, I don't understand why the Obama administration just kind of sat back and let him do all of these things. We have to fight in a proactive posture and not just throw up our hands and say, well, the American people are just going to think I'm, bad of us, so we're I'm not, not going to do anything I, about Mitch McConnell's obstruction. I, I'm not an attorney, 
but I don't know what you can do when you have a Senate he, that is constructed as any individual senator can stop pretty much any action and the Senate majority leader can stop or start anything at all. Clearly he says, I don't want to do Merrick Garland. They don't do Merrick Garland. He says, we want to do Amy Cova Barrett. They do Amy Cova Barrett. I mean, like I, I don't, I, he's not acting outside of Senate rules. He's acting outside of the constitution of, gave the president the power within his job to elect yeah. members of the Supreme Court. No, that I, is with that. No. So he violated the Constitution and we didn't do anything about it. He, so what I'm saying is that you cannot just continue to sit there and allow people like Mitch McConnell to to literally throw a wrench and stop our democracy from think, functioning and think that just shaming them in the public, which they don't do a good job of either, is going to be sufficient in these dire times. Like the bullshit that he pulled during the Obama era cannot work now. Like, and the fact is, is that he was able to use all of the executive orders to move America back in the back in the right direction, get the economy working, all of these things. We're in the shitter now. Right. So, like, we can't just sit around and say, well, we didn't get the Senate, it's, so I guess we're not, not doing we're, nothing for not four years. It's not that we're sitting around. It's that we have one party that has gone off the deep end and would truly rather see the country suffer than to do anything to help the Democratic president, and par- which partly leads to another big takeaway for me from this week because we are just barely beating uh the worst president of all time and we assumed that we would beat the crap out of him because people would see that he's the worst president of all time yeah we got 70 million votes yeah it looks like we're gonna win this thing um but i wonder if and how the democratic party needs to change to be a little more effective just within this country. And we can point and laugh at Trump voters and say they're racists, they're idiots, they're Fox viewers, they don't know what's going on. And that's all very true. A lot of that is true. But, you know, in life, you can either say you are an idiot, a moron, whatever. Or you can look at yourself and you can say, how can I better deal with the situation? And you can't force other people to change, but you can change if you're not getting the results that you want. And I'm not saying we need to be nicer to racists. I'm not saying we need to appease the racists. Fuck the racists. But there must be some way. And the GOP also needs to do some soul searching and figure out what the fuck are we doing and how can we be better? Because we've lost, what, seven out of eight popular votes? We are going down the wrong direction. But they won't because they because they're a garbage party and they will not do that soul searching. We could be a better, more effective party. We could put together a more effective product, by which I mean the set of policies and the way that we talk to people in general um, and be more effective if we do some work and try to figure out why are we not getting, why are we not being even more effective? 
From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. I just, you know, I'm all about everybody wanting to do like a a postmortem on the, on, you know, the election once it's finally like wrapped up and done. But like, I'm, I guess I'm tired of the narrative of what kind of soul searching Democrats need to do when the fact is, is that the country needs to do soul searching and recognize that the half of the country is racist. Like it is not it's not just like enough. what, what, What kind of messaging are Democrats not doing? There's no messaging that is going to land when you realize that half the goddamn country is racist. Right. Like there's nothing that we're going to offer them except, I don't know, I guess go back to the days of the New Deal, where once again, you have the Democratic Party and others throwing black people underneath the bus in order to appease white people. That bullshit is done. Like it's over. And no, because the the thing is, because this is the consistent 
thing that that we do as a party, which is all the time, is looking about what what did Democrats do wrong and what do they need to do better instead of recognizing, you know what, the country is fundamentally racist. And we actually have to have a conversation about that as opposed to, oh, what are the policies we can offer these people that are going to make them what? Not put their whiteness first, not like trade on that. Hey, peeps, it's your girl, Danielle Moody, host of Woke AF Daily. Every weekday, I'm sounding the alarm and keeping you woke to all the pure evil that is going on in our country. Check me out now at patreon.com slash woke AF. Get five new shows every week for just $5 a month. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. The, the country is absolutely racist, and we need to deal with that. And I'm not at all saying Republican Democrats need to appease racists. Um, you know, Andrew Sullivan, again, said something that was insane, which I only point to because this man in previous decades has been a fairly important American thought leader, especially around uh, gay and lesbian issues. Um, I think he's an asshole, but okay. Well, I mean, I think both things are true, but I mean, you know, this is this was the person who was the first significant public figure to write about gay marriage um, and start to turn people's minds around like, this is, a, this is a possible future direction for society. And it was fairly, it was extremely shocking at the time. And, you know, a significant step in the national direction toward uh, that happening. Um, he, he tweeted yesterday... I know that Trump is unfit, but the left is so much about identity politics. And I'm like, wow, the complete intellectual and emotional incompetence of Donald Trump, you the inability to do the basic job weighs equally and perhaps less heavy for you than... Then the Democratic Party saying, hey, guys, we need to care about the political needs and feelings of people who aren't straight white men. I, 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 you know, that's racism. And if I said to Andrew Sullivan, you're racist, that's racist, he would go, no, what are you talking about? That's not racist at all. Um, no, because the white because white people don't see themselves as an identity. What Donald Trump has done was an identity politics. Absolutely, um, you know, uh, appealing to people's worst selves, absolutely, right, and uplifting white supremacy like that. Like I'm again, I just get these fucking thought leaders. Like that, that's not thought. That is just perpetuating the same line of bullshit that white people, white men in particular, I don't give a fuck if you're straight or not, have been doing since the beginning of time. If we talk about other people, right, and their needs, then we scare white voters, right? Because white voters are so fragile and they're so scared, you know, of anybody else gaining anything because they operate from a place of scarcity. And I'm tired of that conversation. Let's stop talking. What, what should Democrats do? Stop chasing white women because they don't fuck with you. What should you stop doing? Stop going, stop talking about the working white class as if that's a thing when the majority of working class people are women of color, right? Like, let's stop. Like, let's just stop with the narrative bullshit that makes white people feel good about themselves. 
Like I'm over it and black people are over it because we're the ones that continually show up, put this country on our backs, put it back together again, only for then Democrats and Republicans alike to turn around and say, you know what I really think we need to do is talk to that disaffected white voter and see where their feelings are so hurt. Fuck their feelings, right? Like that's what, that's, you want to know what I want? I want that. I want the narrative to completely shift. I don't want to talk about these people anymore because they are worthless and they do not show up for this country. They do not care about anybody but themselves. Michael Steele said it the other day on Jonathan Capehart's uh, uh, podcast where he said, you know what? He's just like, I don't trust white voters. I don't trust them because they are selfish, Right. And that's a real conversation to have instead of wanting to unpack everybody else, every other community, except the community that got us to this place in the first fucking was place. Michael Steele talking about that when he was helping to usher the alt right into Congress when he was the head of the RNC. Oh, no, we're not supposed to talk about that anymore. OK, um, you know, I grew up watching these election nights. I remember sitting there as a kid. Um, watching NBC uh, for 1980, you know, and every night since. since. And, you know, even when you lose, it's very painful. Um, when you win, it's exhilarating. Um, but there's something about the last two election nights that has become particularly traumatizing. And I think it's more than just trump winning which feels like or the potential of trump winning this time and the actually winning, um which is somehow more than the seeming existential threat to our lives and our spirits um <laughs> you know i mean tuesday night was so hard and partly because of the ways that republicans have sought to make voting arduous to make counting difficult to make the whole process distasteful as much as they can um so uh, you know i mean this multi-day count was not like by accident it's not a mistake you know if this was designed i mean like there's multiple republican legislatures not democratic legislatures republican legislatures that told you told them you can't start counting until after election day mm-hmm. what 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 would be the value of that the potential for trump and the republicans to say stop counting and my god trump's what was it 2 a.m. speech about was we, that a speech? We, sure. Whatever you want to call it, that we already won. Oh my God, that was frightening. I, I, I have rarely been so frightened throughout the past. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Five years of political life as this late night, we already won. They stole it from us. I mean, my God. I You know, I can't really get too excited about caring about People thinking that they stole it from us when these people also like don't believe in climate change, don't believe in media, don't believe in facts, don't believe in science. But we, when Biden finishes, we are going to have millions of people going through mm-hmm. the next several years trying to say that Biden is illegitimate, the election was stolen, needing no evidence to, to believe that. That will become just an article of faith on the right, that the election was stolen. Um, And you wonder what impact that will have on the country and the political system going forward, that there's a significant group of people who are like, oh, Biden's illegitimate, he stole the election. You know what's funny? Somebody tweeted this and I said, oh, I'm like, this makes total sense. They're like, if Democrats did steal the election, then why the fuck wouldn't we have stole the Senate too? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, let's like let's let's be real. Did 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 Democrats have the power to slow down the US Postal Service? No. Right? From from ninety-eight percent delivery rate to sixty some odd percent delivery rate. No. Did the Democrats mysteriously lose three hundred thousand ballots that weren't that weren't delivered to the American people? In Florida. Like, did were, In Florida, were, did we- Biden can we talk did about Biden the get on the phone in with, Florida? With, that changes the yeah. election. Did did Biden get on the phone with uh, Democratic governors to talk about like how they were going to play out the Electoral College? Like, give me a fucking break with the illegitimate bullshit. Like, no Democrats did not have the power to make any of those things happen. And at the end of the day, what I what I what I'm waiting for the moment that I'm waiting for is to be able to say, President elect Biden. You guys tried to cheat. You tried to steal. You lied. You did the most and you still couldn't fucking win. That is the basis of like white mediocrity. That is who that is who these people are. They did the most underhanded shit and they still couldn't they still couldn't seal the deal. Right. Like and that's that's the conversation that we need to have in 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 pushback to their illegitimacy as they push forward a Supreme Court uh, confirmation in seven days before a presidential election? Give me a break. But it, Give you're, me a break. No, you're totally right. Once again, the right is suffused by a belief system that has uh, no evidence. But this will become something that they cling to for years, if not forever. Um, what are we going to do uh, what, not even what are we going to do? What is going to be the impact on America of a solid 35 to 45% of the country thinking that the election was stolen? And, and perhaps it, it is. it does matter that they believe this without evidence because we believe that 2000 was stolen and we have mountains of evidence and documentaries and books uh, to prove it. 
um, so we can intellectualize what exactly happened and perhaps put in certain safeguards to try to see that it doesn't happen again. And we can try that. I don't know that that has actually happened. Um, but we can approach it in an adult way. They cannot, because there's no evidence, all they can do is throw a temper tantrum. And this is a party uh, and a group of people of, let's call them political grudge holders, of deep grievances, whose animating philosophy as a party is about continuing to refight the Civil War, Roe v. Wade, right? LBJ passing Medicare and Medicaid. I mean, like, you know, still angry about Judge Bork, right? Like, still fighting things that happened long, long ago. I don't think that's where the Democratic Party is at. I don't think there are 20, 30, 40, 50 year old battles that the Democratic Party is still fighting. The right is still fighting all these sorts of things. So this this becomes their new big thing that they are fighting um, for years and years, the stolen election of 2020. I mean, can and, you imagine? Fox and, News could make a mountain out of this. So let them. Like, I, I, you know, the, the problem that we get into is getting into arguments with people that don't care about facts, that don't care about evidence. I don't care about their feelings. How about that? How about I don't care? How, how about I don't, I don't, I legitimately I don't you. care about your feelings. I agree with you, and, except those feelings will have an impact on the future of the country. Okay. I don't, uh, okay. And my, and my black grievances have had an impact on this, on this country as well, but nobody really cares about them. Take I, the air out of the room. Danielle. Take the air out of the tire with regard to le- legitimizing their bullshit by wanting to debate it, right? Like, come, come at me with something that is based in fact, is based in law, is based in anything other than your fucking feelings, And if you can't do that, then I'm not going to legitimize a back and forth conversation because the more that we engage in this, the more that they then build up their fury as if we're having a debate, as if they're both sides need to talk about the illegitimacy of elections moving forward. No, that's not the case. So stop engaging. I I mean, it's I I think it's going to be more and, you know, perhaps we can't even process this right now, but it's more than just. A conversation. It's more than just a media back and forth. When when you have several million people throughout the country believing, and nothing can tell them differently, that the election was stolen, that's going to have an impact on the country. And I'm I'm not sure how it will impact the country. I'm not sure what bad behavior it will justify i mean like do you think that mitch mcconnell will allow joe biden to choose a supreme court justice again i continue to say i don't want us to get into a posture where we are asking for permission for Mitch McConnell to do what the Constitution has granted the President of the United States the power to do, I like mean, that is this, it is it is a. But you're focusing on one. You're focusing on one. weak posture. You're focusing on one part of the Constitution, right? The Constitution also gives uh, the Senate a significant amount of power, and we're supposed to have checks and balances, and that and Mitch is not acting 
outside of senatorial rules. He's only acting outside of senatorial norms. And when he has millions of people bolstered by Fox saying the election is stolen, Biden is illegitimate, you should, you know, he has no right to choose Supreme Court justices. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if Mitch McConnell tries, and I'm not sure what we could do to stop him. I don't think we could file a lawsuit. Um, I don't understand why you think that that's not something that you can do, that you can force Mitch McConnell to defend, to defend in court why he is holding up Supreme Court seats, to defend and justify the illegality of his of of, of his posture. It's, like, I don't, like, I don't believe, if, if Donald Trump can drag people into court under the most frivolous under the most frivolous things and have those cases thrown out, why do you think that we wouldn't be able to do that? With Mitch McConnell. And also, it hasn't been fucking tried. So instead of, again, us being like, well, maybe we could get him a present. You know, maybe we could invite him to dinner. Maybe that's, we could I have mean, a that's, beer that's, summit. That's not, that's not, that was not Obama's posture of maybe we can get him a present. Maybe we can appease him. Um, it was not the posture at all. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that it's very possible that McConnell will not allow any Supreme Court justices to be chosen for four years and um, and use that, try to use that as a cudgel against Joe Biden. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't think we're... Joe Biden wants to bring the temperature down and cool the country. And I don't think that McConnell and a lot of Republicans will see that as in their interest. And they will want this tenor to remain high. They will want their people to remain aggrieved so that when we come to 2022 and 2024, they are ready for war. To get behind Don Jr. or Ivanka or, you know, my God, there's nothing that except for well, no, there's nothing that will stop Donald Trump from running again. We could be doing this again in 2024. So get ready for that. No, I'll have a new job by then. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not, in, I'm not interested in, like, repeating, in repeating history. Like, I'm, I'm good. So. Um, on <laughs> that, on the note of Danielle getting a new job, <laughs> which would definitely be a loss to American media. Um, thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I think we pulled it out. We still have a country. Um, sir, let's not be so premature. <laughs> when all of the ballots are counted and we're, we're assured that we have a president-elect and his name is Joe Biden, then we can say that we still have a country left. There is a lot of shit that can happen between now and Inauguration Day, and we know that a lot of shit will happen between now and Inauguration Day. So we, we let's about, not count our chickens. We need let's talk, continue we about, to we, breathe. We have a president who is continuing at the last moment to actively try to disenfranchise hundreds Millions. of thousands of Americans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. <laughs> I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we will be back next week because the election drama continues. <laughs> and maybe we will have a president-elect. Or maybe not. Or we'll maybe just be talking not. about Pray something about else. Pray about it. Pray about it.